Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is LifeLinks with the DL Link. LifeLinks is a funding initiative of the DL Link. I'd like to um, welcome our first guest, Dr. Ronnie Samuel. Um, welcome, um, Ronnie. So lovely to have you on the show. Hi, Nikki. Thank you for having me. It's actually warming to chat to someone who's actually read the book and has an interest in healing. Well, you know, it is an interesting book, Ronnie, and we're going to get there. We're going to get there because I'll say that I started it twice and I'll tell you why when we when we start mm. talking about it. And boy, has it, it's really touched me very deeply. It's a beautiful book. But we will get there. We will get there because I think ultimately people who, who listen to this interview may then want to look at the book, um, how in this sure. beautiful st- story, you know, a journey to Rwanda and then to Israel, this, oh, what a beautiful journey. Um, and perhaps people want to look at that journey, but Ronnie, we're looking at trauma. We're looking at, yes. um, you know, globally, we're looking at a people, um, a humanity that is pretty traumatized by what's been happening. Certainly in South Africa, boy, has there been trauma over what has unfolded over the last 10 days? And I started off talking about resilience and having this, you know, can we bend and be flexible and bounce back? Does trauma, does, does resilience help with trauma or does trauma stand in the way of your ability to be resilient? Perhaps we can unpack that. Like really what is trauma? Sure. Um, I think for myself living in KZN, uh, we experienced um, an unfolding terror almost in in the past week, and mm. you know, and that has never been our collective experience. You know, be it here, be it where you live, and I think we always have to come back to the root word of of trauma, so we understand it. And for me, trauma has Greek roots, and it actually means a wound. And that wound can be physical or emotional. And it's interesting, in the original understanding of the word, it says it's caused through violence. And violence, as we both know, can be physical or it can be emotional violence. So to talk about resilience, I think we have to understand the history of our wounds. And you know, you've prob- you and I have probably often joked about, you know, having emotional baggage. Mm. Um, so can I give you an illustration that maybe helps a lot of people understand what trauma Please. is? Please do, Ron. Um, so I often, you know, affectionately tell patients, uh, you know, when they come to me, they just bring all these suitcases. So if you can imagine, you know, a conveyor belt, in an airport um, with all these bags going around and round. And imagine you collecting a suitcase for every year that you were alive. And some have been packed by yourself. Some have been probably packed by your mother or your father. Um, And we keep on collecting this, never really sorting through them. And then when something like uh, COVID-19 comes on or going through violence in any country, 
it basically opens all those bags, all the things that you've never processed, never dealt with. It goes right back deep into childhood and beyond. So I often tell patients, you know, you come to me and all your bags are strewn on this conveyor belt. So I said, mm. let's start tidying up. And I think when you talk about resonance, that's a powerful, uh, powerful concept. And my own experience is that as we heal and as we tidy up, uh, as we go through our grief processes, this resonance starts building inside us. So we are strengthened by our suffering when we are open to the process of healing. Hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I think you have to repeat that. I think that's very important. We are strengthened by our suffering. Yes, when we open to the process of healing. I mean, suffering is the entry point to our healing, to resilience that will come. Thank you for that, Rani. I loved that. First of all, that picture in my mind is so clear. So all of these people arrive with these suitcase filled, mini suitcases filled with all of their stuff. And you say, we're going to clean up. Where does one start? I mean, you talk about going all the way back to childhood and beyond. And, you know, this is what you focus a lot on, which I think is fascinating is trauma in the womb. Um, how, How does one possibly unpack that? Do you start working on the immediate issues you have now? Or do you as a, as a psychotherapist go, try and go all the way back, um, at the beginning? Well, Nikki, nobody willingly comes to see a psychologist to open up their personal lives to you and say, I have to deal uh, with what's plaguing me. So as a psychologist, uh, we often start with people in crisis. So we have what is called crisis intervention. And quite often, I would have my first contact with a patient in hospital. So they've come through casualty, um, they've attempted suicide, something has gone terribly wrong, they've had an anxiety attack. So my first contact is hospital. And what we do is uh, we have to stabilize somebody. So we have to contain them. That's my role as a psychotherapist. So I'm that safe place and container because you've actually hit a wall. And you mm-hmm. can't go any further. And you're actually ready to listen. And that's where the journey begins. So we would stabilize you. If you need medication, that process would begin. Um, and when all that is settled, then we can go and look at the history of your trauma. And psychologists are experts at history taking. You know, nothing we have known Always that trauma actually starts even before you take your first breath on earth. Um, so when the crisis is over, we start with a very detailed history taking, but in the context of a confidential, safe relationship. You introduced us to trauma. You gave us the definition. And then you said mm-hmm. something very interesting, and that is that a lot of people's trauma started really when they were still in the womb. So before they took their first breath, there is already some kind of foundational trauma. Is that for everybody, Rani? I mean, maybe you can just expand a little bit on that because after that, I want to look at how does that then manifest in our world and how come it's different in in different people? Absolutely. Um, If you look at, you know, one of the reasons I wrote this particular novel is I want people to, to look at their own lives, to question where their journeys actually began. Because all of us 
um, we, we, we part of an emotional network of connections. So there's ancestral history, you know, there's, um, you may be born into a family where parents are separated. You may be born into a family where everything appears whole, but the generations preceding that had a lot of history. And part of what we discover as psychologists is when we take that history of just simply asking, what was your mother going through uh, when she was pregnant with you? And that just opens an entire door. So it could be good stuff, it could be not so good stuff. But when you examine what was happening with your mother and father, what was their relationship like when you were conceived? Because what I have found repeatedly, something like anxiety, um, you can actually be born anxious. So imagine if um, you were a product of rape or just you were a product of a very conflictual relationship between your parents. What if your father abandoned your mother? Um, and epigenetics, the science of epigenetics, uh, epi means on top of your genetics. There's a number of emotional and psychological factors that affects the unborn child. And what is this child born into? Is it born into a time of war? Is it born into a time of famine? Uh, imagine children born now into COVID-19, into unrest, all of this. I mean, children, women are pregnant and, and babies are being born. What was that mother's experience? Mm. So we can't, mm. we can't really deny that any longer. I think it's quite important to stress that because sometimes we use the word trauma and we, we scan through our lives and we think that trauma is, you, you spoke about, you know, a physical wound when you look at the, looked at the root of trauma. Um, so mm. it's this wound through violence, physical, emotional, um, wound. And so some people will go, Oh, well, you know, I haven't really experienced that kind of trauma, but as you've just explained, you know, being born in a time of COVID, um, yes. having a mother who's anxious <laughs> about what the future may bring or whether she's going to get ill. Now take COVID away and look at a scenario perhaps people are wondering financially or whether her health is okay. Or mm. So you're saying it doesn't, they don't have to be big traumas. Certainly they are the big traumas, but even the little things could be traumatic to this this um, this little infant. Yes, you know, um, you know, yes, there's the big things going on, but you know, many people that come to see me over the years, you know, you, you know, we have a saying, you can die by a thousand paper cuts. Uh-huh. So it's all the little things that keep accumulating over time. Many of those people fill our offices, you know, um, parents can have a hijacking, parents can have a break-in. I mean, what does that do to the cortisol levels, for example, in the mother, which is transferred through the umbilical cord into this unborn child? Mm. So interesting, Rani. So then, of course, as you say, um, if you are carrying this trauma, um, you're not even aware of it, certain external things can trigger it, and then that can then bring it up. So what does the traumatized person experience? I think, you know, when you present, it it's depends on what the, what the presenting problem is. So, for example, a lot of my patients now who have undergone the trauma of the last week in South Africa uh, you get a lot of acute stress reactions. And one of the first determin- 
determinator of how stressed you are is just simply to look at your sleep patterns. Um, and that's one of the first questions we ask people. So how have you been sleeping? Are you restless? Mm-hmm. Are you waking up at two in the morning? Are you having nightmares? And if you could just take that one factor, it will, it's a thermometer. It's a gauge to tell you actually how you are doing emotionally. Um, so that's one of the first things. And if you just look at simple things as your energy and your focus, um, and your mind can actually just be in a fog. You, you may normally be very astute and, and get things going, but it's almost like this cotton wool in your mind. You can't remember things. It's taking you longer. Yeah. So we have that sort of, you know, there's, there's a veil over you, if I could put it that way. And I think if people listening, you know, maybe someone says, oh, it's this and another person saying it's that. And I think it's such a important conversation, Rani, that we have, which is why we're going to move on because, you know, we'll, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll have you on again and we can go into more sure. detail, but I don't want to overlook this incredible debut novel in search of Daniel. And I say I started it twice because it really mm. is, you know, it really is a spiritual journey. Um, it and, is. You've written it as if from an observer, um, like there's this observer pointing things out, almost willing the reader to be the observer as well, to zoom out of working within the restrictions or the trauma. And this is just my, my, my opinion of it, Rani. Mm. And, and, and so you're encouraging the reader to, to, to both be in the experience and experience from a higher place. So, you know, you read the book on one level and then you read it on another level. Um, and and your use of the the senses, the smells, the sounds, the touch, the mm. taste. I, I'm sure that that's your way of saying that when we're in this realm, that's what roots us into this realm. As sure. a psychotherapist, are you nervous about dabbling in this kind of spiritual world, Daniel? The story of this young man who discovers a devastating family secret on his 18th birthday, and his life spirals out of control. And he he lives in Cape Town, and then he goes on these this incredible journey to Rwanda and then to Israel. And as I said, mm. it's it's very spiritual. It's it's an incredible journey. So again, for you to pen that, were you hesitant? Uh, what, tell me your thoughts. Mm. I'm, I'm actually very comfortable, uh, in the spiritual world. Um, and that is because I've had my own journey. So I've had to go, you know, you never get to be a psychologist dealing with suffering, um, unless you have your own journey of pain and suffering and healing. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you go through that and psychology can give you a lot and it's, it, it's, it's the healing of the soul. It's the healing of your mind, but the spiritual dimension give opens doors to many other levels of healing. Um, and for me, um, everyone who knows me in my fraternity knows that this is where I stand and this is where I function. So it was a very comfortable writing experience. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted this book to do, it, this book is an invitation. So it's an invitation to come on a journey of healing. Um, something I think many people so deeply require right now. Um, so to answer your question, a psychotherapist is just one of the hats I wear. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, um, so to, to walk the spiritual path, um, 
even psychotherapists get to do that. You know, it's, it's, um, I, I only ask that question because of, you know, where you go in this book in such a beautiful way. It's such a lovely mm. and beautiful journey. And I wonder, People who come and see you then, Rani, um, do you gauge if these are, you know, they need more just the psychotherapy or if they need to then go a little bit more spiritual? Is it something that you offer and do people even know that that's what they, that's kind of what they, the direction they're going in? Um, you know, I, I, when people come to me, it's, it's, it's a lot of deep suffering, you know, it's, it's, it's the raw core of, what it means to be human. It's people that reach the end of the road. And it's, it's people like you and I, uh, you know, that, that I deal with. Um, yes, people do seek me out because they know that I provide both ends of the spectrum. But most people who come to me don't even know that. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're dealing with death and we're dealing with devastation. We're dealing with you losing your entire family. And you have to stretch beyond the dimensions of psychology to provide something greater and more meaningful because there's such loss and there's such a grief. Uh, me giving you, you know, five steps or, or seven tips on how to cope in crisis, that's just never going to be good enough for the mm-hmm. depths of the traumas. You know, it minimizes and it diminishes what people are going through. And I understand suffering um, because I too have suffered. Um, so when I meet someone, I'm also very discerning in the way I will work out what is appropriate and how far you can go. But if someone's telling me my mom is going to be dying in a few days, um, they need more than traditional psychology for that. Mm-hmm. A connection with uh, something far greater. Yes. Um, and knowing that they're a part of something so far greater, which is, as yes. I said, which is what I, I really enjoyed, um, mm. about the book is this idea. So, so was that your aim, Rani, to, to encourage the reader, the reader to be able to see it from this kind of observing? And I don't mean observing as in, mm. um, you're not feeling, no, but observing as if from your higher self. Yes, it was, you know, I'll, I'll, share a little secret with you. Initially, I thought I would write it from just pure Daniel's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a son who's about that age. And so I know, I know a young, young man and how he grows. Um, and you know, the, I thought this was actually difficult to tell because, you know, young children don't talk very much. You know, they like to be in their own little secretive world and they'll engage with you when they need to engage with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get out of that, uh, and look at it from, from, from a larger perspective. But the bottom line is, you know, um, I wanted to people to understand they are actually more than their biology, that there's the whole world, there's the whole spiritual and spirit life that you carry that is so extravagant and so luxurious that even when your biological roots don't make sense, you are so much more than that. And hence that narrative, um, 
became part of the storyteller. And Rani, have you been to Rwanda and to Israel that you wrote so beautifully about these two fabulous places? Yes, those were the last last two countries I got to visit before our borders were closed. I went there towards the end of 2019. Um, I was very fortunate to present at a trauma and recovery conference in Rwanda because I was presenting the psycho-spiritual interventions. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got to really explore and everything that you read about in the novel, it's like I stood and saw all of that. I met those, I met the people that enhanced the story. Um, And Israel, I was as a tourist and what I really wanted to convey was just the beauty and the mystery and the history uh, of this majestic land. and I think there's a desire for many people to to visit this, you know, outstanding country. Um, so it was my opportunity to really bring the sight, sound, flavors and, you know, and melt it into the storyline. Mm. And we started off talking about trauma. And that's really what you're dealing with in this book, in this beautifully told yes. stories, coming to terms with those traumas, um, forgiveness, moving on. Um, mm. in such a profound way. So Rani, I'm, I'm going to unfortunately end this interview. Mm. It's so lovely chatting to you. And I've, there's so many more questions I want to ask you about the book, but for people who want to read the book, where, where can they find it? It is online on Kindle. So Amazon is carrying it. So it's available for a Kindle download and the paperback is also available on Kindle. But I think right now, um, you know, that's for out of South Africa. It's hard to get. Uh, books to come into South Africa, except the Kindle, one download. Um, alternatively, we courier the books to you door to door, and you just need to send an email to books at ranisamuel.co.za. So Ronnie, thank you so at, much. Yeah. Books at ronisamuel.co.za. Lovely yeah. having you on the show. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Nikki. Beautiful, beautiful novel, and do take care. Thank you, Nikki.